Here we go. It is the Chief Zone Podcast. I'm Farzi Kasuki and appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. A fairly stacked podcast. A lot to get into in this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Of course, we're going to preview the matchup between the Chiefs and the Jets. What can the Chiefs do this week? How can they bounce back in this football game? We'll get into that in just a moment. We'll break down the Jets. We'll tell you everything you need to know about this New York Jets football team and what the Chiefs can do to try to pick up a win in this football game. But will they be able to win? I have not predicted a loss in any in any of our game-by-game breakdowns we've, do, we've done, any of the uh, breakdown episodes, preview episodes we've had. I have yet to predict a loss. I have yet to do that. Will I do it this time? We'll see. We're breakdowning that, that football game. And then Morgan Gannum, who is singing this song that you hear right now, Chop It Up. He's going to be joining us here on the podcast to talk about his new venture, his new gig, DJing in Oklahoma, plus his music career, and a little bit about the Chiefs as well, as he is a big Chiefs fan. So we'll talk about that as well in a moment with him. And I also want to talk about your guys' Facebook comments. Uh, there, there's a question I posted out there and said I'll read some of your guys' comments. Uh regarding something that I was kind of curious about because I, I got a different vibe as to whether or not people have interest in this football game this week. And I, I'll let you guys know why I felt that way. Plus, of course, we, we've got to talk about the quarterback situation and kind of look at both sides of this. You guys know where I stand on this. There are some people out there that are not necessarily agreeing with me on this. and not totally fine. Um, there are a lot of people who have jumped ship and they're on the Pat Mahomes bandwagon there are very few Alex Smith defenders out there, and those who are defending him, I mean, they're they're letting it be known, and I can understand that as well, and we'll get into all of that in a moment. Facebook.com slash Farzivasugian, that is my Facebook page, like it, follow me on there, a reminder that we will do a Facebook Live at halftime and after the game for every Chiefs game, so we'll definitely do that this week for the Chiefs and Jets game, I'll go on Facebook Live at halftime, and then we'll do it again after the game, we'll do a Facebook Live on there as well and the last couple of facebook lives have been very interesting so uh we'll we'll see where where this one goes also follow me on twitter at farzine 21 that is my twitter account follow me on there interact with me on there as well you guys can also email me farzine at farzinevasugian.com subscribe to the podcast on itunes and google play share it on social media spread the word about the chief zone podcast let your friends know about it let all the Chiefs fans know about the chief zone podcast The Jets coming up, we'll get into that breakdown in a moment, but just kind of some, some interesting nuggets about this game. Both teams are 1-5 in, in their last six games coming into this contest. Uh, prior to these six games, of course, the Chiefs, as we all know, they were 5-0, and the only 5-0 and team in the NFL at the time. Meanwhile, the Jets, where were they? While the Chiefs were 5-0, were and well, the Jets were 3-2 and at that point. They started 0-2, then they won three straight games against the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Browns. Now... Doesn't sound like the most impressive group of teams to beat, but look, at the end of the day, uh, you you can only beat who you face, and these are teams that the Jets had on their schedule, and hey, look, it's better to beat these teams than to lose to them, and the Jets at one point looked like they were threatening in the division. Now, they've fallen back a little little bit, but hey, I, I mean, with, with how crazy and how wide open the AFC wildcard is right now, a win for the Jets would really boost their confidence and put them in position to try to make a run for the wild card spot. So they definitely want to win in this football game. The Chiefs need to win to snap this losing streak and to keep a gap, some sort of a gap, in the division. And you know both teams are, are going to try to fight as hard, as hard as they can. 
But it's just been very tough to see the Chiefs and believe that they would fight hard given how they've looked recently. A lot of it has to do with with the quarterback play. And and I'll get into that in the moment because for those who are defending Alex Smith, listen, I get it. But I'm going to post some numbers. And I I mentioned these already on the Facebook page as well as on Twitter. But I'm going to post some numbers at you guys. And if you still defend Alex Smith after this, I really don't know what to tell you. People keep saying it's it's a team sport. It's not just one person's fault, which is absolutely true. But why do we see quarterback swaps in the first place? I mean, there's a reason why. The, the quarterback position is, I mean, that is the primary position. Think of a sport where one position really holds a lot of pertinence. The, no, There's no position in sport where you'll see a, a more important position than, than the quarterback spot. There just isn't. And that's why in sports, when we see a quarterback switch, such as Tyrod Taylor being benched and Nathan Peterman coming, that was a big story. Eli Manning being benched for Geno Smith. That story I'll get into later on in a moment. But the w- the way that people have been defending Alex Smith, saying it's a team sport, listen, that's not an excuse given the, the way football is played where the quarterback gets the ball first after the exchange with the center, at that point, it's on him to make those plays. And that's why in this sport, if you don't have a good quarterback, regardless of what the other 10 players around you on offense, how they're doing, I mean, fans fans are not going to care at all. I mean, the quarterback has to be able to make everyone around him better. That's always been the mantra of that quarterback position. And as of right now, Alex Smith is not making guys around him better. That I'll get into later on, but I do want to go to the Facebook page in a moment. Facebook.com slash Farzivisu again. I encourage you guys to get on there. Give it a like if you haven't. Interact with us. Uh, as always, I mentioned, the, the, this podcast, interactivity is a huge part of it. And I always want to be able to exchange words with you guys and get your guys' thoughts on this. So, I, I've been talking a lot about the quarterback position this week on the Facebook page. And a lot of you guys have been responding and have had a lot of stuff to say. Whether you agree with me or not, everyone has something to say about the quarterback position. Majority of you guys have agreed that it is time for a quarterback switch and that the Chiefs do need to bench Alex Smith. And I feel like the discussion has been been so focused on this quarterback swap, or at least the need for that. I think people forgot that there's a Chiefs game this week. I think people have forgotten that the Chiefs play the Jets this week. So that was just the vibe I got. Maybe I was, I, I told myself, maybe I'm wrong on this. And, and I'll admit anytime I'm wrong. And judging by some of the comments, I, I certainly think I was wrong in, in thinking that. So I went on the Facebook page to ask. I, I asked you guys, do you care about the game this week? Are you interested? And if you are, what? where is your interest level for this upcoming game? Here are some of the comments that I'll read. Justin was the first to come and said, still high because it's an important game as far as the division and our playoff hopes go. But if Alex struggles again, Andy Reid can't hesitate to make the switch. Katie says, we got to win this. We've got to pull ourselves out of the losing rut. Smith and the O-line need to step up or be replaced. Mike says, I'll watch, but I have zero faith in this team to win. And it will become comical. 
Boy, some of you guys not holding back at all with some of your comments, which I love. I, I, I That's what I'm asking for from you guys. Sean says, I still care, but I wouldn't mind if Alex Smith threw two picks in the first half and got pulled for Mahomes, who leads us to victory. Now, look, I, I'm certainly not cheering for Alex Smith to do terrible. I mean, I want the team to win, me, me personally. Uh, it's certainly not rooting for an injury, but... I can understand people wanting the whole Mahomes thing to happen. I'm not understanding people wanting for an injury. Certainly not that at all. Uh, nor for people to do wet. It's almost like, and I don't mean to make a political comparison here. But look, I mean, for those who live in the United States, and I keep forgetting we have people who live outside of the U.S. I understand people are not big fans of the president. But you don't want him to do poorly and to get impeached. I mean, that just puts the country in a bad position. And I know I'm comparing the president to a quarterback. I understand those are two different things. But at the end of the day, it doesn't take away from the fact that there are people out there who are wanting him to fail. And I think that's a wrong thing to... That's just a wrong mentality to have. You know, sure, maybe he does well and you want to be proven wrong. Certainly the same case with Alex Smith. I would love for Alex Smith to... Prove that these past six games were some gigantic fluke. And that he is the quarterback that we saw early in the season. Who, who was get, getting all those MVP praises from everybody across the world. Curtis says, hell, I'm jacked. It's the heart of the season. Let's get it on. It's far from over. We've got something to prove. Chad says, same as every week. Of course, I'm the guy that still sits down and watches KU football play. So I may not be the best example. Uh, a couple more comments. Jacob says, I have little to no interest in watching this week's game. Simple as that. Michael wrote, until we're out, I'm all in. I've watched this team go 2-14 and 14 more than once. I watched every game. This year, I'll be done once they're out. The reason being, I expect a blow-up if they collapse and don't make the playoffs. Arthur says, no interest in watching a team that runs in place to never move forward. I'll watch for fun and get good laughs at Alex Smith. As I said, you guys don't hold back. No, no, no punches held back, which is fine. I, that's what I want from you guys, and I always appreciate the honesty. And if you guys ever want to join in anytime there's a Facebook conversation, and, and you, I don't usually say this on the podcast, I'll just post it on the page, and in the bottom, I'll usually say that I'll I'll mention these comments on the page. So uh, if you guys want to be a part of this and hear your voice heard on this podcast, hey, go do so. Facebook.com slash Farzivasugi, and certainly encourage you guys to do so. You guys can also follow me on Twitter and talk to me on there as well. Twitter.com slash Farzine21 and email me Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com. Okay, so people are still going to watch a football game. People still care, which is good to know. At the same time, and look, we can care about multiple things at once. At the same time, everyone just wants to see the quarterback switch. I completely get it. Everyone wants to see that quarterback switch. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I feel like Alex Smith's MVP performance early in the year, that was a cameo. And listen, uh, I'll say this again too. And, and I say this, I say this generously because I have been a big time defender of Alex Smith for a long time. I'll admit this week was when I jumped off the Alex Smith bandwagon and went with the hashtag free Mahomes campaign. And I know I'm one of the last people to do so. But as I've said many times, I said it on the Facebook Live, I said it on, on social media, and I've said it on, on this podcast too. I think it's important that we don't jump to conclusions so quickly. People did so after the Cowboys game. And I'm not saying you guys are wrong. Obviously, a lot of you guys knew what was coming. Uh, I certainly thought that we were going to get the MVP Alex Smith back, but that has not been the case. And you look at the division. The division's wide open all over again, and the Chiefs have to do something. 
They're one game ahead of the Chargers and the Raiders. People are saying don't change quarterbacks because you're in first place right now. That's not an excuse to change quarterbacks. Or, excuse me, to keep quarterback, uh, to keep Alex Smith. Just because you're leading your division, just because you're in first place, doesn't mean everything's all fine and dandy. Look at how big the, uh, the division gap has been sliced to one game by two teams. The two teams who are now in second place, uh, tied for second place, one game behind the Chiefs. They were the two worst teams in the AFC West. And the Raiders and the Chargers to start off the season. And now they've caught up. So look, uh, I understand, yes, the Chiefs are in first place. That doesn't mean that at first place things are all all, all good and ready to go. You're 6-5 and five. out of all the division leaders in the NFL right now. The Chiefs have the worst record. And to be 6-5 and five right now and leading your division, you are pretty damn fortunate. So look, for the Chiefs, it's not too late. Do something about it. You still control your own destiny, technically. Just looking around the league, for those who are saying that the Chiefs are in first place, well, we've got to keep in mind that they're in in one of the worst divisions in the NFL, which before the season, everyone thought that this was going to be the best division. I thought we could have seen at least two or three teams, and that might not even be the case. But okay, the Chiefs are in first place. What if the Chiefs were in a uh, a different division? Let's look at the AFC conference uh, let's look at the AFC teams the AFC East if the Chiefs were in that division they would be tied for uh, second place with the Bills and because the Bills beat them the Chiefs would technically be in third place let's go to the AFC North the Ravens are six and five and they're second place in that division I don't know tiebreaker wise where the Chiefs would fall but they would tie for second place AFC South oh boy you want to hear something really scary there are two 7-4 teams in that division. So if the Chiefs were in the AFC South, they would be in third place in that division. Now, same thing goes with the NFC North. Because you've in the NFC North, I said NFC, I meant the entire NFC. In the NFC North, you've got a 6-5 team. In the NFC South, you've got, three, uh, you've got, you've got two 8-3 teams and a 7-4 team. So the Chiefs would be in fourth place in the NFC South. NFC West, you got an 8-3 and a 7-4 team. So the Chiefs would be in third place in that division as well. The only division where the Chiefs would be in second place all by themselves would be the NFC East. You've got the Eagles at 10-1 and and then the Cowboys at 5-6. So the Chiefs would take second place in that division. So for those saying that there should not be a quarterback switch because the Chiefs are leading their division, they're leading a very weak division. So that's not saying much. Now, there are also people who are saying don't bench Alex Smith because his trade value will go down if the Chiefs want to trade him in the future. Which I think is the most asinine thing I've ever heard people say about this topic. So essentially what that tells me is Chiefs fans are more concerned about Alex Smith's trade value rather than trying to stay ahead in this division and win football games. First and foremost... Win the, win the damn division. Get to the playoffs somehow. That's more important right now. Second of all, does his trade value go down a little bit? Yes. Who gives a damn? And third of all, I promise you, even at the end of the day, even if he does get benched, there will be a team out there that either this offseason or early next year, they will give up something to get Alex Smith. There's a veteran on the bench. 
a very experienced guy, a guy who's proven that he can make it to the playoffs. And at that point, a team will do anything to try to bring him in. So the whole trade value argument, it's it's a horrible, it's essentially, like, I'll say it again, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that's pretty much saying that you would rather secure trade trade value in Alex Smith rather than trying to win a football game. And that is not, what are you in, the, what are you in this business for? To win the game. Not to quote a uh, former head coach who could be getting a head coaching job soon, but uh, at the end of the day, you play to win the game. And to me, it's shocking that fans are more concerned about trade value rather than trying to win. Now, I said I'd throw some numbers at you guys. First of all, before we do that, we got to stop making excuses for Alex Smith. Because in 2013, even though the Chiefs were 9-0, the offense didn't do much. And it was because he didn't have enough weapons. In 2014, the excuse was that his wide receivers can't catch a touchdown pass. And even when Chase Daniel came in, uh, let me just say this quickly about the touch the touchdown thing. In Week 16, when the Chiefs visited the Steelers, Alex Smith threw a great pass to Dwayne Bowe, who dropped it in the end zone. In Week 17, when Chase Daniel played, because uh, Alex Smith had an injury, Chase Daniel threw a pass to Dwayne Bowe, who was on his way to the end zone. He fumbled on his way to the end zone, and Travis Kelsey picked it up. You guys may remember that play where Travis Kelsey was even upset to pick up the football because he wanted his wide receiver to catch. That's how great of a teammate Travis Kelsey is, by the way. Uh, Point being, yes, the wide receivers were pretty damn terrible, and the offensive line was not doing Alex Smith a lot of favors that year either. 2015, well, the excuse was your number one offensive weapon and Jamal Charles was hurt, so your offense wasn't doing a whole lot, and they got through with a very easy schedule to bounce back and get into the playoffs. Then when the Chiefs lost to the Giants, oh my god, and I can't believe people made this excuse, people said it was too windy. Why? Because apparently wind is enough to hurt your performance when you're facing a 1-8 team that was using a lot of second and third stringers. People use that excuse. Okay, well Arrowhead Stadium late in November last week, weather was beautiful, for for a no, for a late November, almost December, and Alex Smith couldn't even lead the Chiefs to more than ten points. And listen, people want to talk about the offensive line, and there aren't a lot of stats that'll help defend the offensive line. But I'll say this: the offensive line, when Alex Smith sees the pressure from the tackles. He starts falling back more and more. You need to step up in the pocket. The offensive line has allowed 27 sacks this year. And that amount has gone down compared to what it was earlier in the year. The Patriots have allowed 24 sacks. That's just three fewer than the Chiefs, which isn't much. The Eagles have allowed 25 sacks, which is two fewer than the Chiefs. I don't see those teams making any excuses right now. The Eagles, by the way, allowed 24 points against the Giants, which is more than what the Chiefs allowed, and they still beat the Giants. So the whole excuse about the offensive line, I'm throwing that out the window. That's not a valid excuse. The Chiefs have the following players on their team. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Anthony Sherman, and Kareem Hunt. Despite his recent struggles, Kareem Hunt still has a lot of value on this team right now. 
Travis Kelsey is rated as the number one tight end in the league. Anthony Sherman's the number one rated fullback in the league. This is all by, from Pro Football Focus, by the way. Kareem Hunt is the second rated running back in the league. And Tyreek Hill, uh, when I wrote this comment on Facebook, he was rated 19th. He went up to 17th right now. So the Chiefs have a top two player at tight end, fullback, and running back. And they've got a top 20 wide receiver on their football team. And by the way, just to note, Tyreek Hill, before the Monday Night Football game, Tyreek Hill was ranked in the top five by Pro Football Focus at his position. And I feel like Alex Smith has really hurt his value since then. And speaking of Alex Smith and and his placement with Pro Football Focus, he was rated number four, uh, the fourth best quarterback before the Monday Night Football game against the Broncos. He is now 11th. On Pro Football Focus's rating. He has fallen that much. Out of the top 10. And by the way. It's not just the offense that's. Suffering from this. The Chiefs have had a lot of help. On defense and special teams. The Chiefs. And I know this year's defense hasn't been great. But they've, they, they haven't been terrible either. I'll say this about the Chiefs defense right now. They don't surrender a lot of points. Not since Andy Reid arrived. They allow 18 0.9 points per game since Andy Reid arrived, and that is 75 total games across the board. In 75 games, regular season games, the Chiefs have allowed 18.9 points per game. And for whatever reason, this offense under Alex Smith has not been able to take advantage of it. Now, yes, Alex Smith, he did his job in that Colts playoff game a few years ago. I know that ended in a heartbreaker, and there was a lot of fault to go around that defense. The Texans game, look, I mean, the offense shut them out, so no, n- nothing went wrong in that football game. All three phases dominated. The Patriots game, of course, when you lose, everyone could have had room to improve, but look, I mean, you, you, you challenged the Patriots all the way to the end, and it was a one-possession game. That Steelers game, though, Alex Smith panicked under pressure, And before the pressure really got to him, he missed a wide-open Tyree kill. He missed a wide-open Jeremy Macklin in the end zone. And had he made those two throws right there, that could have been the difference maker and could have made it a multi-possession football game to advance to the AFC title game. So there have been a lot of issues in that area as well. And by the way, it's not just the defense that's been playing well and their efforts have been wasted. Look at special teams. The Chiefs right now. The Chiefs had a great kicker in Cairo Santos, and look right now. The Chiefs have a kicker who's missed only one field goal this season. One field goal in Harrison Butker, who's by the way one of the best kickers in the NFL right now. And had he been signed in Week One by the Chiefs, he would probably be leading the league in total field goals made. This guy should be a Pro Bowl kicker. Probably won't be because he joined a team late, but this guy is absolutely the best kicker in the league right now. And give credit to Brett Veach for finding him when he did. The Chiefs also have one of the best return games in the league in Tyreek Hill, as we all know. And by the way, as far as Harrison Butker goes, one other note I want to make, he has the best field goal percentage in the NFL right now. So that goes to show you that he is the best kicker in the league this season. Look, if a quarterback cannot win with all this talent around him, we got to stop making excuses, guys. We've been doing it for years. I've been doing it for years. 
I can't understand any logic right now that suggests that Alex Smith should remain the starting quarterback, especially with the Raiders and the Chargers catching up and being 6-5, and five, holding just a one-game lead in the division. And damn it, man, 6-5, and five, you're leading the division? You're pretty lucky to even have that right now. The Chiefs traded 13 spots up for a quarterback. They've got to start him. They drafted him for a reason. They traded up for a reason. And they've got to do it. They've got to make that switch. Andy Reid has defended him all week. Multiple times in a press conference. He's been asked about it a lot. Listen, I understand. And let me just say this about Andy Reid. Andy Reid, again, has been vocal in saying Alex Smith is the guy. And those who have defended Alex Smith have been quoting Andy Reid on that. To me, that means nothing. And I'll tell you why. Andy Reid will never publicly throw any of his players or any of his assistant coaches under the bus. People were asking for Andy Reid to to call out Bob Sutton or to, to call out Travis Kelsey on his immature actions or for Marcus Peters. When, when Andy Reid was asked about Travis Kelsey's immature actions or for Marcus Peters, he immediately shut down some reporters that were pushing for a specific answer. So my point being with Andy Reid is, he is never going to throw Alex Smith under the bus. Yes, he, he's going to say that everyone needs improvement. He did say that, but he's never going to pinpoint one person's major errors or flaws and broadcast them to the public. Other coaches might do that. Andy Reid doesn't. And this is why players love to play for him. And I will say this right now. If the Chiefs do blow a lead in the AFC West and miss the playoffs and stick with Alex Smith all the way through, I do think it's a fireable offense. However, I don't I don't agree with firing Andy Reid still at that point. If this was if this was a guy of Todd Haley's caliber, and I'm only using Todd Haley because he was a, a fairly recent head coach of the Chiefs. If this is a guy like Todd Haley or Romeo Cornell, guys who have not been very good at head coaching in the NFL, then yes, it's a fireable offense. But with it, it's Andy Reid, who is a proven winner. And he's been to so many. I know he doesn't have a ring. But he still has far more success than a lot of head coaches in the NFL right now. So to fire him, who are you going to have replace him? I know Dave Tobe has been favored to be a head coaching candidate one day, maybe Okay, maybe he could be the guy, but still, at the end of the day, when you have a proven, successful head coach like Andy Reid, I, 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 I would, I would be opposed to it. I strongly would be opposed to firing him. In my opinion, I think Andy Reid would need to have back-to-back seasons where the Chiefs are below 500 with their record. I, I think that's the only logical reason to fire Andy Reid. And again, if. If the Chiefs do miss the playoffs and stick with Alex Smith, I do think there's got to be a lot of discussions, and there will be a lot of conversations between Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and Clark Hunt. But I, I certainly don't think you you fire him. And, and, and judging by some of the the ways that Clark Hunt, even with the one and five start, Clark Hunt was very defensive about Andy Reid and said that we're still going to stick with him, and he's going to be the head coach moving forward. And obviously, look what happened there. He, he, of course, made a great case for himself as to why he should be fired. And after going 11-5, and having that 10-game winning streak, the best streak in franchise history, he gave the franchise their first postseason win in 22 years. So listen, I mean, the 6-5 and record right now, Andy, Andy Reid's worst record with the Chiefs is 9-7 in 2014. Barely missed the playoffs. So listen, it's got to take at least two bad years 
in order for Andy Reid to be fired. I understand that blowing this 5-0 and start after who you beat, that is not easy to take in. And I think Andy Reid definitely has to be on the hot seat, but I definitely don't think that this is all a fireball offense by any means. Let's get into this breakdown between the Chiefs and the Jets, and then we'll have Morgan Gannum on the podcast, and then we'll wrap up the show going around the NFL out of bounds, and I'll throw my penalty flags. Actually, I only got one flag, and you guys know me. If I have only one flag, that means I've got a lot to say about that topic. I also have only one out of bounds topic, too, because this podcast is going to be a little long. We're going to keep those segments fairly short this time around when we wrap up the show. But anyway, as far as the Chiefs and the Jets go, Let's start with the Jets offense, 23rd in total offense, 18th in passing, 21st in running the football, and they're 20th in points per game with 20.7. Now, we all know that the Chiefs have faced some teams that aren't really good in these categories, but even barely scoring points such as the Giants getting 12 points and the Bills getting 16, at the end of the day, that was more than enough to beat beat the Chiefs. And if you told me that the Chiefs were going to hold the Giants to 12 uh, or at least nine and four quarters, and hold the the Bills to sixteen. I thought for sure th- these would have been two wins. I did not think the offense was going to come out the way they did in these two football games. And listen, the Jets they really played the Carolina Panthers tough. And this is this is an offense that even though their numbers are fairly l- low right now, the game they're coming off should not be taken lightly. Josh McCown, the quarterback for the Jets has thrown for just over 2,500 yards on the season, 17 touchdowns, 8 picks, completing more than 67% of his passes. He outplayed Cam Newton last week, who, of course, as we know, was an MVP just a couple of years ago. McCown threw for 307 yards last week, 3 touchdowns, no picks, 19 of 36 passing. Not the greatest not the greatest passing rate right there, but enough to get 307 yards and 3 touchdowns for him, which is which is pretty good. And their running game is fairly interesting too. Again, not very good as you as you heard, 21st in rushing. They've got Bilal Powell as the featured back, uh, but several others contribute as well. Uh, the sixth-round rookie Elijah McGuire and former Chicago Bear Matt Forte, all fairly active last week. Powell ran nine times for 34 yards. Forte ran it 10 times for 26 yards, also very active in the pass-catching department. The two wide receivers and the tight end, which I'll get to in a moment, they're the top three receivers, and then behind him, Matt Forte, who is fourth on the team in receptions, and McGuire had five carries for 21 yards last week against the Panthers. Now, the pass-catching game, I I alluded to this. I'll I'll go into this right now. Robbie Anderson, one of the probably better and underrated wide receivers in the league right now, 14th in receiving yards with 714. Very high average, 17.4 yards per catch this season. He's got seven touchdown receptions. That ties fifth with six others in the league. Anderson last week had six catches for 146 yards and a pair of touchdowns, all of them season highs for him on the year. And by the way, Anderson has 16 receptions for 20-plus yards. That's tied for third best. Travis Kelsey has 14 14 receptions of 20-plus yards. That's tied for sixth best. No one has 15 in that category. So Anderson is just ahead of Travis Kelsey. In that category. The other wide receiver, Jermaine Curse, uh, doing a lot better with the Jets than he did with the Seahawks. Kind of surprising to hear, but that is the case when you look at his numbers. Last week had seven grabs for 105 yards, so the Jets had two 100 plus yard receivers last week. Also had a touchdown. Uh, again, former Seahawk posting 
good career numbers uh, as far as touchdown goes. Already surpassed uh, that uh, uh, for a single season best. He's eight catches away from his single season high for receptions in, in, in a year. And has a bit to go for receiving yards. He may get there. But overall, he's made the most of his opportunity in his first season with the Jets. And these are two really good wide receivers that the Jets can build around for their future. And possibly, eventually, uh, make be, be some sort of a threat to challenge the Patriots in that AFC East. In which, they haven't really been able to do a whole lot of that. The one year Brady went down, yes... Uh, the Jets did win the division, or excuse me, the Dolphins won the division, rather. Uh, the Jets choked with Brett Favre that year, but uh, a lot of bad luck with that coaching, with the with the QB deal there in in New York, but the, the, who knows? Maybe Alex Smith could go there and change their fortune. I, I think that could be a logical destination for Alex Smith in the future. Uh, but overall, two really good wide receivers to work with. Also, Austin Safarian Jenkins, a fourth-year tight end, has 41 catches on the year. The three pass catches I mentioned all have either 41 or 42 grabs on the year. Anderson and Safarian Jenkins each have 41 catches, and Jermaine Curtis has 42 grabs. So that shows you how fairly active these three pass catchers are for the Jets. And Josh McCown does a fairly good job of equally distributing the football around with those three guys. Switching over to the defensive side of the football, 19th in total defense. 15th against the pass, 26th in stopping the run. Now, to, just to put a note here, the Giants were 30, or they are 31st, but Kareem Hunt ran for just 73 yards off 18 carries. Not bad, but also not great, considering that he did better against better run defenses earlier in the year. The Jets are 16th in points uh, allowed per game with 23.4. Looking at some of the defensive guys, highlighting some of their best players. Inside linebacker Demorio Davis leads the team in tackles with 92, had 10 last week. He's tied 7th in the league in total tackles. Also leads the team in sacks with 4.5. The next closest is Darren Lee with 3 sacks on the season, and the rest have 2 or fewer. Linebacker Bruce Carter and safety Terrence Brooks each lead the team with 2 picks on the year. So, look right then and there. You can see that they've got to attack the rushing game and even kind of Throw them off with a play action or some sort of a flea flicker. Don't get too cute with it. I mean, if things are going south, immediately throw it out of bounds. And don't let things go the way they shouldn't. I mean, look at the Tyree kill and the Travis Kelsey interceptions. Those all could have been easily avoided. But the Chiefs felt the need to... I mean, clearly they told their guys to force it in there. Surely they had to have practiced those situations, what to do. But I guess the Chiefs really wanted to be aggressive and maybe too aggressive in those situations but look I mean when a team is that weak against a run certainly they'll expect you to try to go run heavy and at that point you've got to try to pull off a few surprises here and there and try to dominate in the passing game as well which which the Chiefs have been great at and they've got the best rated tight end in the NFL too so let's not forget about that as well turnovers 17 takeaways and 17 giveaways seems to be uh, the, the magic number when it comes to the turnover category. The 17 takeaways is tied for 10th best with Seattle. The 17 giveaways ties for 8th most with two other teams. Looking at the special teams category for the Jets, Ardarius Stewart averaging 19 yards per return, not good at all. Punt returner Jeremy Curley averaging 5.3 yards per punt return. That's third worst among active punt returners. Chandler Catanzaro, former Cardinal kicker, 
18 of 22 on the season. All four misses have been from 40 to 49 yards. And punter Lack Edwards just averaging, just above average when it comes to his total average punts and net average yards on the season. All right, look, when you when you look at these numbers for an opposing team facing the Chiefs, you think the Chiefs are, are going are gonna to be able to take advantage of this, but they haven't done so in the last two games. And I, I've been calling for Kareem Hunt to have a big game lately, and he just hasn't. He really hasn't. You've got Leonard Williams, who anchors... Uh, a fairly below average defensive line with Muhammad Wilkerson, a longtime NFL player, Jordan Jenkins, Coney Ely. Uh, Williams is a fairly good defensive lineman, though, uh, right in for the for the Jets. But, I mean, this is not a threatening defensive line. I, I think this is where I struggle with this Chiefs team. And for those who are so defensive for Alex Smith and not wanting a quarterback switch, all right, well, let, let me ask you this. Obviously, I can't hear you guys interact with me, but always you guys can send me a tweet or, or send me a, a post on Facebook. What do you expect from this Chiefs team? Because the Chiefs have faced teams similar to the Jets in the Bills and the in the Giants in which they're ranked one of the worst in certain categories, such as stopping the run or, or throwing the football, but yet they've been able to do enough to beat the Chiefs. So what does that say about the Chiefs when they're not doing so well and they're not taking advantage of some of these glaring holes and these glaring weaknesses from some of their some of their opponents? And I think this is where I struggle here because I want to say right now that Kareem Hunt is going to snap the snap the drought and have his first hundred yard game in forever, but I, I'm having a hard time kind of noticing that. And I'll do and I will say this because people have been kind of. Those who have defended Alex Smith have even called out Kareem Hunt. Why is he not getting a lot of blame? And look, I, I I think he deserves some of it as well. Everyone deserves some of the blame. Don't get me wrong. And I, I heard this on Sirius XM uh, last week before the Bills game. And now this, I mean, this just applies even more. But Kareem Hunt has not scored a touchdown in eight games. Uh, people may have forgotten about that. Maybe they, they haven't noticed that. Because the, the focus has been on Alex Smith. And I think the offensive line, I mean, th- they deserve some of the blame as well for that. But I think if you put in Pat Mahomes, people have asked, you know, how is how are things going to change there? I think if you put in Pat Mahomes, that could open up everything on offense. And people may not know exactly what to expect. And the whole stacking the boxing, I, I don't buy that as an excuse either. When you're a good running team, teams are going to stack the box. And you've got to go out there and just keep doing your thing. Uh, with your rushing attack, and the Chiefs haven't d- been able to do that as well lately. Now, I do want to say this. With the eight games in which he has not scored a touchdown, in the first four of those eight games, which is the Redskins win, the Texans win, and then the losses to the Steelers and the Raiders, he still had 100 yards from scrimmage uh, and more in those uh, four games right there. So it's not like he's been completely inactive, but uh, you know the, the win against Denver, he ran... 22 times for 46 yards, which is horrible. He ran 11 times for 17 yards, uh, which is also very bad against the Bills. Uh, had a 4.1 yard per carry average against the Cowboys and the Giants, but in the, in the Dallas game, didn't run a whole lot. And in the Giants game, eh, again, I, I mentioned earlier, 18 carries for 73 yards. It's, 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 that's not bad, but you certainly would have expected more from him. Uh, considering who the Chiefs have faced, uh, the better run-stopping defenses, and he's ran for way more yards than 73. So 
This has been kind of surprising just to see his fall off as well. I don't know who you guys would have as the front runner for Rookie of the Year. Maybe Deshaun Watson still earns it for how phenomenal he was so far. Uh, if Kareem Hunt had been consistent, perhaps he would be the front runner in that category. Let's not forget, earlier in the year when ESPN was posting those funny Kareem Hunt fantasy football videos, and we just haven't seen any of those anymore. And unfortunately, it's because his... His level of play has gone down. He's still one of the highest rated running backs in the league, uh, but he's just not as dominant as he was earlier in the year. And this was one of the concerns I had with him uh, before the season. Uh, I thought that, you know, I, I was certainly shocked by his play. A lot of you guys expected him to be fairly good, maybe not that great early on. But I, I thought he was just going to be an average, maybe below average running back for the Chiefs. Um, and filling in for Spencer Ware the way he did early on, great. But now he's not doing all of those things that he did early on. That's the most frustrating part. When you want to look at this rush defense for the Giants and think, or excuse me, the Jets, and you want to assume that he's going to run wild. But in reality, that may not be the case because it's been a trend now with him lately. And as far as Josh McCown goes, I mean, he had a fairly good game last week too. I don't think he's going to go off against his Chiefs defense, especially with the pass rushers there. And again, the defense, they haven't played great either against the Giants and the Bills. But at the end of the day, they allowed 9 points in 4 quarters, and they allowed 16 points to the to the Bills. So, to me, I'm not going to sit here and, and blame the defense, because they have not been allowing teams to light it up on the scoreboard. So, Josh McCann, I think he can have a fairly good game, maybe a touchdown or two, maybe he gets pressured into a pick, but I don't think he's going to be able to go off for 300 yards like he did against the Panthers uh, last week. So I think the defense is going to be able to do their job. The question is, which offense is going to show up? That's the big question mark. And it's been kind of unfortunate too, because when the defense does great, the offense does very poor. And when the defense was doing bad to start off the season, the offense was lighting it up. There's just Ever since Andy Reid's gotten here, for whatever reason, there has never been a balance with this football team. That's been the most frustrating thing that we've seen. I don't know if this offense is going to be able to go through this defense. I, I I just don't think they'll be able to to have that fielded that we would like for them to have. Yeah, they're 19th in total defense below average, and they're average when it comes to uh, playing against the pass. Very bad against the run. One of the worst. I think they'll be able to get some sort of running game going, but I don't think it's going to be anything dominant. And at the end of the day, with the way Alex Smith has played under pressure, if Wilkerson and Williams, I mean, if they can get out there and even and even their their leader in tackles, you look at Demorio Davis, who's been pressuring quarterbacks. I think he can get a couple of sacks in this game to add to his four and a half, leading the team in that category. I think that's going to make things very difficult, and I think Alex Smith is just going to give the offensive line a harder time and not put his receivers in position. I post, I uh, shared a GIF on another uh, page. That showed Alex Smith missing a wide-open Kelsey in which a safety took the bait. Alex Smith telegraphed a pass for Albert Wilson. Not only that, he threw the pass behind him, forcing him to turn his body around to try and make that catch. Yes, it hit his hand. Just because a, a ball hits someone's hand doesn't mean they have to catch it. When, when you're forced to stretch out your arms and to turn your body to make a catch, that's a horrible throw to the, the behind a receiver and those are passes Alex Smith did, did Alex Smith was even better with those 
So listen, throughout this podcast, we've talked about why Alex Smith has really set this team back, especially offensively, when the defense and special teams are doing everything to put this team in position to win, but Alex Smith isn't. And I think because of that, the Chiefs are going to suffer another loss. So unfortunately, I think there's going to be another low-scoring game where you're going to see a, a great effort from the defense and from special teams, but the offense is not going to return the favor. And I think the Chiefs' offense is going to disappoint us once again. And I think it's going to be all because of Alex Smith. So I think the Chiefs fall in this, in this one. I think as far as the score goes, uh, I'll say 17-13 Jets. And after this game, I think there has to be serious consideration from Andy Reid. Uh, certainly there has been. Maybe they, they just aren't going to be vocal about it. But there has to be some action made in making a switch with the quarterback position. Because if not, then Andy Reid's going to be in the hot seat. And he's got to answer some questions to upper management. Joining us now here on the Chiefs Zone Podcast, our guest for the episode, Morgan Ganim. And you hear Morgan Ganim every episode of this podcast, other than my annoying voice. You hear Morgan Ganim, who's not as annoying. He actually has a great singing voice, which is why we use his song, Chop It Up. Uh, he performed this back when he was with the band Sounds. And now he's on his own doing big things. He recently got a big DJing gig. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit of Chiefs football with him, as he is a really big Chiefs fan. But Morgan Ganim joins us here on the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Morgan, it's been a while. Welcome back. How have you been? I know. I know, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Good, good to talk with you again, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, I mean, obviously you haven't been on the podcast in a long time, but you and I have been in constant contact for a while, and uh, it's always been great keeping in touch with you. You've done a lot of great things uh, with your music career. We're going to get all of that in just a moment. Uh, and I know, and I, I always say it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I always set up guests, and I'll mention their social media, but a, a musician like you, you've got to be on all the social media websites, and you've got to have your own website as well. Uh, and I don't want to miss anything that maybe you want to get out there before we, we, we get into things. So, uh, I mean, for those who are familiar with you, but maybe they're not on all of your, following you on all the social media facets, or if no one's ever listened to your work before, how can people follow you on social media, and how can they get familiar with your work? Yeah, right on. So if you guys are interested in what I do and maybe my music and stuff, the best way to really find out more about me is just to go to morgangannam.com. That's M-O-R-G-A-N-G-A-N-E-M.com. And right there you can find my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, like every single one of them, including my Snapchat too. If you guys are on Snapchat, be sure to add me, just Morgan Gannam. And I got to congratulate you. You got a really cool gig that I want to talk about. You are now DJing in, is it the Tulsa, Oklahoma area? Yeah, that's right. Um, I've been really fortunate. Uh, I had the number one radio station in Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, came to me, and they offered uh, the idea of having me live on the air. So it's really cool. I'm really excited about it. So wait a minute, you, you, this, is not like, uh, this was not a competition or a job you applied for. They came to you. That's right, yeah. Uh, unlike, I know a lot of people uh, that want to be in the radio industry and they go to school and everything and all this stuff. Like, I haven't done any of that, to be totally honest. Um, they just have seen my brand that I put out there, and uh, I try to be real positive and upbeat. And I also had uh, Morgan Ganim on the air, which is, Kind of similar to what you're doing here, but it was more based around music. You might have remembered that from, uh, on Facebook. But So I think they kind of got a little idea of what I do, and they saw me perform 
Um, as well, they, they had me come in and do some special shows for them that uh, the radio station was sponsoring. I mean, I opened for uh, uh, Jonas Blue. He's an international superstar DJ. Uh, DJ Noodles, who has his own syndicated uh, podcast, and he also has a syndicated show that goes uh, on air across the country. Um, but I did some pretty cool stuff with them, and I became really good friends with uh, the uh, operations manager out there, Steve. And, uh, you know, we were just having some some kind of casual, like, meetings and, uh, like, over wings and eating lunch and stuff. And he was just like, man, you know, would you be interesting, interesting going live on the air sometime? I said, you know what? That actually sounds like a lot of fun. So he's like, why don't you come in and try it out, you know? And so I really, really have enjoyed it so far. And I, I decided to sign on with him uh, full time. So it's pretty cool. Now, if someone's in the Tulsa area, what channel can they listen to? And if they're not in the Tulsa area, surely there's got to be an online stream that they can they can listen if they want to hear you DJ. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if you are in the Tulsa area, and I mean it broadcasts like for for several um, uh, towns around the, the the frequencies go out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's a big station. So um, I mean, even people were telling me just the other day they were coming back from Missouri and they were picking it up on the way back into town. So that's kind of cool. But, um, yeah, if you want to check it out, it's just 106.9 K hits. And so just tune that in on your dial. Or if you want to check it out, maybe you're in a different part of the country or a different part of the world. Even sometimes, uh, I've got fans on my page that don't even live in the United States and they want to listen. So, uh, you can go to K hits.com. That's K H I T S. Dot com and you can stream it live right there on the website. It's pretty neat. See, I was listening uh, right after your first uh, your, your first time on the air was, uh, and I don't have the date right in front of me, but it was the same night the Chiefs yeah, lost to the Giants, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I, I'm working out, and I, you know, I always have my own music, or I'll listen to the radio, and I'll have the TV on watching other games. I was like, you know what, let me, let me check out Morgan's music, and... and uh, you know, I, I listened for about a half an hour, and the thing that I really liked about your music, and I and I don't know exactly what your station's goal is necessarily, but you're not necessarily playing like the top ten singles that are out right now. I mean, you mix it up with top forty stuff from right now, the past, and even some like I don't want to say alternative music, but uh, music from big name bands, but songs that you necessarily may not hear about as much. And I like that mix up that you had. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're reaching a pretty wide demographic that way, and uh, you know, a lot of that is uh, thanks to the program director there, Tabitha, and some of the other people um, that are kind of curating a lot of that music along with me doing this show live and stuff. So, I mean, everybody's doing a really killer job, and that's that's why right now it's it's literally the number one station in Tulsa. So I came in at a really cool time. Um, where, you know, things are going really well. So they're, they're just letting me be me and kind of do, um, what I want to do because they trust, fortunately, they trust my brand and, and uh, my fans too. And, and they're trying to kind of merge the two together, which is really an awesome thing. It was neat to have them come at me, you know what I mean? And want to merge. So pretty neat. 
Morgan Ginnam joining us here on the Chiefs Zone Podcast, a musician and a Chiefs fan. We'll talk Chiefs in just a moment, but I, I'm just kind of intrigued by this because I'm also a DJ. Well, and I and I say DJ in quotes because I don't necessarily have a turntable per se, but I guess nowadays if you play music, you're technically a DJ. But uh, I, I'm I'm one of the DJs out at Kauffman Stadium, and you, you know I I try to mix mix up the music. And look, you gotta you gotta go towards what ownership wants occasionally. But I also try to mix it up. You know, I'll play top 40 music, but I'll also play music that uh, – top 40 from the past as well and some alternative music that fans might like and they never hear of. I just get sick of like these music stations that play the same song like um, – like uh, shut up and dance with me, and I hear the song for the hundredth time, and I'm like, all right, instead of shut up and dance with me, I just want to shut up and turn off the radio. Like that gets that gets pretty annoying after a while. So uh, it, it is kind of a, a weird question to ask you. Like, what's your strategy in terms of how you decide what music you want to put on the air for that day? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I kind of know uh, what's going to be coming. You know, I'll go through a set list and 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 kind of see what feels right at the time, but. I mean, a lot of times when I'm performing live, it's a little more spontaneous. You know, I'll have a massive library of music, including my own and stuff. So that's why I tell people anytime I, uh, I get booked to perform at a show or something, my show is always a little bit different. Uh, you're never going to see the same Morgan Gannam set, you know. So on the air, it's a little bit more uh, formulated as far as what I want to do. But when I go out and perform live, usually I try to play to the crowd and see what they're feeling. You know, if they're ready to party, I'll play some party music. If they want to relax, I, I kick back a little bit on it, you know, and play a little more stuff that's a little easier to listen to, you know. And usually most of my shows go from, like, zero to 60 pretty quick, you know. So yes. it's fun. It's fun to kind of play towards the crowd. And if I'm not mistaken, you had uh, an album that you released, I believe, shortly before the regular season kicked off, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, talk about your latest album, how people can listen to that, and you, do you have any singles coming out, or do you now have another album that's in the works that you can talk about? Yeah, so uh, my technically my first debut album under the name Morgan Gannam, which is my real name. Uh, as you know, I was doing some other things before that, but um, uh, my, my debut album, Paradise, came out in May, and uh, it's done really well. Um, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Deezer, like pretty much every major outlet you can, you can find it. Um, and uh, obviously I have it on my website, morgangannam.com. So you can check it out there and uh, it'll, it'll send you to the proper links depending on where you like to listen to music. But um, it was a, it's a full-length album. And uh, like I said, it's doing really well. I've been getting a lot of support from people, which is really nice. And um, I am working on some new music right now. I can't really tell you guys anything specific just yet because I'm literally in the middle of it. But um, I can tell you that it's, it's going to be ready fairly soon. And we got some really big things in the works. So I, I'm excited to be able to talk to you about it probably pretty soon. Awesome, awesome. We'll definitely have to follow up with you on that sometime down the road. Uh, how often How often do you go to Kansas City, by the way? You know, uh, I haven't been in a little while, but uh, there when I first wrote the, the song for them and stuff, I was going quite a bit. You know, they, they actually invited me and my family to go up there um, for the first time that they ever played the song in the stadium, which was really cool. It was a nice experience. And uh, they treated us real well. I got to go down on the field and everything, you know. So, um, but I haven't been in a while. I did go to a a game uh, last year, (laughs) 
it was in December, so needless to say, it was freezing. <laughs> but uh, it was a good game. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but it was a good game, and I, I still, I always enjoy going to KC and. The uh, energy in that stadium is just always on a next level. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. And you and I remember uh, you you had a concert, if I'm not mistaken, and the Chiefs were there filming it, and they interviewed you afterwards, and you and you performed "Chop It Up" there. Uh, I was also supposed to be there to interview you in person, but unfortunately, I got sick uh, right before that happened. So. Uh, we'll definitely have to connect. And actually, at the time, I wasn't even 21. And now that I am, uh, we can definitely hang out, go out for drinks sometimes. So let me know if you're ever in Kansas City. So we'll definitely connect. Uh, let's talk about. I mean, we've been talking about a lot of great things, but uh, man, I, I hate to I hate to do a 180 uh, on this interview with you because I love having you on, and, and you're a great guy and all. But man, uh, you're 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 a Chiefs fan, but. Well, I mean, what were you? I know you're pretty busy, and I know even on Sundays, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen you traveling a bit. But I, I noticed you're still fairly following the team as much as possible. I mean, what's your take on everything? Man, I try to keep up with it as much as possible. I've been a little bit discouraged, probably like everybody else. But you know, that's that's the way the Chiefs are sometimes. Man, you just don't really know what's coming. But I mean, obviously, we started out really good at the beginning of the season, and then I'm really not sure what's happened. I kind of feel like the coaching has been a little bit off, matching with the right players, you know. Like, everybody's had really, really almost unrealistic expectations, in my opinion, for Alex Smith. Um, Puts a lot of pressure on a guy, you know what I mean? But um, he's doing the best he can. It's just been hard to jive, and I don't know, like, Sometimes the defense is looking really good and the offense really can't pick it up, you know, like this last game. But, um, I mean, I'm hoping they'll just kind of find a groove again because if we can go back to, to how it started, it's going to start looking a lot better. You know, I mean, what's your take on the whole thing? I'm sure we've that your fans have already heard about it, but I haven't really been able to talk to them about it. You, you know, here's my thing. It's, it's just I, I'm the type of sports fan where, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm a Royals fan. I'm a KU football fan. I, I've I've been I've been so used to disappointment in sports that I just don't get angry anymore. I, I've I've just like learned to laugh at these things. Um, but I'll t- I'll tell you what. I mean, the Chiefs are my favorite sports team uh, out of all the other sports. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big UFC. I'm a bigger UFC fan than I am a football fan. I, I I've really I got hooked. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got hooked on the sport last year. Uh, but I mean, I'll always follow the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, but man, here's the thing: I've I've been pretty patient with Alex Smith. We've just made so many excuses for him for years. The offensive line, the receivers can't c- catch touchdowns, and I think at some point, look, they traded up uh, with uh, to, uh, with the Bills uh, for the tenth pick for a reason. I think you, I think you got to make that switch, man. I think we've gone as far as we can with Alex Smith. Yeah, you feel you feel that way. I mean. A lot of people are saying Mahomes, yeah, we should be putting him in, you know. I really don't know that much about him. But, I mean, you know, he's kind of a fresh player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he looked really he, – uh, he was with Texas Tech, and he had some big records in terms of yards per game and uh, points per game. Day. I mean, he, he did some big things at Texas Tech. Texas Tech didn't have a really good defense, so therefore they were not a great team overall. But as far as – as far as just bringing, as far as like what Key can do in the NFL, I mean, scouts were really impressed by him. A lot of Chiefs fans were shocked that Deshaun Watson was not drafted uh, by by the Chiefs when they drafted him. But I mean, look, the Chiefs have played some two. They played two really bad football teams in the Bills. Well, the Bills aren't horrible, but 
they they held them to 16 points and they held the Giants to nine points before overtime, and the offense still could not score more points than those two teams. And I think a lot of that I think has to do with the quarterback spot. He's overthrowing receivers. It's it's bad. I agree. It's I mean, really it's bad. like we get right in the red zone and it's like, well, let's kick the ball. You know, and you just can't do that. You can't win football games, especially in the playoffs. And you know, we're going to have some tough contenders in the playoffs. We always do. But even if we're we're like, what are we one game ahead in our division or something now? Yeah, it, it was a it was a really big lead. Now it's been cut to one by the Raiders and Chargers, who were the worst teams in our division, and now they yeah. Up. I mean, you know, so so they've got to start making some executive decisions. I think um, drastically. I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to do that or not at this point in the season, but um, to be for in my opinion to be able to hang um, with the big boys in the playoffs. I mean, something's got to change, you know, because it's weird. Cause I, I was thinking we were the big boys when we started off this season. And, like, you know, like you're saying, I'm always going to be a Chiefs fan. That's never going to change. But uh, you kind of see this more often in time than not. Um, and so somebody's just got to get in there. And, you know, Andy Reid is a great coach. I agree. Uh, but maybe there's something, there, maybe there's a kink in the chain or somewhere that we're not aware of. You know. Yeah, and, and I do just want to say one thing because you mentioned that you'll always be a fan, and, and as will I. I mean, I'm not the type of fan that changes allegiances and all, but yeah. it's just as a fan, you ha- you have the right to be critical or to boo or to sure. or to yeah. what? I mean, fans were flying banners above the stadium a couple of years ago. Marty McDonald, oh, I who yeah, I mean, we're, 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 I was supposed to talk to him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're probably going to have him on pretty soon because I know he's been very vocal lately on his page again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just Chiefs fans truly are the most passionate and the best fans in all of sports, and yeah, they, they that's truly a great deserve. word for it. Passionate, exactly. Yeah. that is the Chiefs fans for sure. I, I, I just feel like uh, this fan base really does deserve better. And uh, man, there's just been so much false hope. It's like you you think you're gonna like go on the state with a really beautiful girl, and then she gives you the runaround, and she goes out with another guy. That's what the Chiefs <laughs> yeah. are doing with this team. Oh, I know, and that hurts so bad. We've all been through it, right? One yes. way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So so let me let me ask you this. If the Chiefs turn it around, like will you if they if they win the Super Bowl, let's go that far. If they somehow get to the Super Bowl and win, will you shave your head? Will you cut those dreadlocks off? <laughs> Man. That's a really good if, one because if, if you I mean, the life agree that happening is, you know, it's kind of fifty fifty right now. But it kinda of already it already it always always is. So so you got me like mixed up in my words, man. Dude, if I if I shaved my head, like everybody that's been following me be, would think I was like going off the deep in like Britney Spears status. You know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I could. I don't know if I would shave my head, but I might write another song. Uh, well, that were here more. Uh, uh, let's 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 do this. Let's do this. If you agree to shave your head. I'll agree to shave my goatee. I'm 26, and I have shaved my goatee. I've shaved my goatee a couple of times. I look like I'm 16 years old without the goatee. Dude, you do kind of have a baby face, I got to say. Which <laughs> well, thank you. you. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, man. Like, eventually, you're going to be like, man, I wish I looked younger, you know? So, yeah, that is true. That's not a bad thing. So, so, so see, for, but, but for you, that's a good thing. For me, man, I'm just going to look like a mental patient if I shave my head. I've already <laughs> oh. done that, and it's not a good thing, man. It's not a good thing. 
<laughs> I used to uh, I used to keep my this is kind of a funny story uh, I used to uh, always keep my hair really short anyone who's been following me for a very long time in fact the uh, the podcast um, I did on a different website the sportsstuff.com uh, which was run by Dylan uh, I, I it actually had my face on it and I had really short hair and everyone knew that I don't do that anymore and I kind of have a funny story behind this in 2013 a friend of mine and I we were just talking and, and he said you know, you always shave your head. You you, you should you should let it grow uh, until the Chiefs lose a football game. And I thought they were going to lose in Week Three to the Eagles that year. And they went nine and zero. Plus, they had a bye week. So for ten weeks, the Chiefs didn't lose. So I had this goatee and, and, and long hair. I'm like, you know what? I, I like the look. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep it, even though they just lost. So that, that's how that came to be. Yeah, yeah I mean, just went with that it. makes sense for you, though. That makes total sense. You know, you just never know what's going to happen. But sometimes it turns out right, and you end up, you know, hey, I'm glad I did that. Do they do they still play Chop It Up at Chiefs games? As far as I'm aware, they do. Yeah, and again, okay. I haven't been I haven't been there in quite a while. But uh, as far as I'm aware, they do. They were, see, I mean, last time I knew they were they were playing it uh, when War Paint came out on the yes. field, um, and that was pretty cool. So. See, I, I think they alternate because the last time I was at Arrowhead, which has been a couple of years, it was the uh, 2015 home opener uh, when the Broncos and Chiefs played. I did not hear it, so I wasn't sure if they moved on from it after so many years of playing it. But I guess they alternate, which I, which I actually like because, like I was telling you earlier, I hate hearing the same songs over and over again. So I, I can appreciate them doing that. Even if it is your favorite song, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> uh, man. So, so chop it up still out there. Yeah, no, I do think they probably alternated at this point. They were playing it really heavily when I first wrote the song and got it to them. So, um, yeah, i got to keep it mixed up. All right, before I let you go, any last thing that you want to plug before we let you go here on the podcast? Listen to Farzine as much as you possibly can. Don't turn him off. He's the greatest, and he's my boy. And other than that, dude, I just appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, go check out my music and keep up with me. If you, if you do uh, online on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, I actually have that same basic line in one of my songs. You'll probably hear it's called Socials. Um, but, yeah, you know, follow me on YouTube and listen to me on 106.9 K-Hit. It's my uh, my newest project. I'm really proud of it. So, um, again, thanks for having me on, Farzine. Real, real quickly, before you go, give everyone your website and all the social media links one last time. That way they can follow you uh, on, on those uh, social media outlets. Yeah, totally. So my website, my official website is morgangannam.com. That's M-O-R-G-A-N-G-A-N-E-M.com. And that's where you can find all my links to my website, but specific, or my uh, social media is specifically um, Facebook. You can find me at facebook.com slash official. So it's spelled the same way. It just has official on the end of that. And I keep track of my fans and uh, answer a lot of messages and stuff on Facebook. So that's a good one. And um, also Twitter is another really good one. Um, you can go to twitter.com uh, slash Morgan Ganim and check it out there. Same basic thing um, with YouTube, youtube.com slash Morgan Ganim. So check it out and uh, keep up with me, guys, and be uh, interactive with me. I love to hear from all the fans and and talk about music and all kinds of stuff. DJ, musician, Chiefs fan, he's got all the titles. Morgan Gannam here on the Chiefs on Podcast. Morgan, thanks for coming on. We'll keep in touch with you, and we'll follow up with you again down the road. Absolutely my pleasure, Farzine. Thanks again, and keep it up. You're doing great, man. 
Appreciate it, Morgan. There you have it. Morgan Gannum here on the Chiefs on Podcast. Great to have him on. Hopefully we can follow up with him later on when he does continues to do bigger things in his uh, music career, which I know he will. So good stuff from Morgan Gannum. Definitely we'll talk to him later on. Go check out his work. Go listen to him if you're in the Oklahoma area. Or if you just want to hear good music, a good DJ, if you're tired of the top 40 music stations that play the same things over and over again, well, check out Morgan's radio show, his radio station. He does a good job with it. So definitely go check him out if you get a chance. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Eli Manning benched for Geno Smith, and the Giants are getting major backlash from other current players and former players, the media, the way they handled this. Eli Manning faced the the media in, in front of his locker and holding back tears when he was talking about this. And a lot of people are talking about the fact that Eli Manning, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion for the Giants and just everything he's done for the organization and the way he's being benched by Geno Smith, of all people. Philip Rivers, the quarterback for the LA Chargers, called it, quote, pathetic. And then he went on to say that Eli Manning earned the right to finish the final five games of the season for, for, the, for the Giants. And I could not disagree anymore with Philip Rivers. Look, this is a business. You've got to win. Now, could they have handled it a little better? I guess. I mean, how well, I mean, you, you've just got to make the switch. You, you just have to. Now, to say he earned the right to finish the final five games, no, he hasn't. I mean, he's been pretty bad. And listen, let's call a spade a spade. Yes, Eli Manning does have a couple of Super, Super Bowl rings. The season before his first Super Bowl ring in 2007, he had 23 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. I mean, gosh, people labeled him as a bust and wanted a change right away at quarterback. That Super Bowl win saved Eli's career. Eli has had some really great seasons, even before and after the Super Bowl wins, and some really bad seasons. Eli Manning's had a very inconsistent career and could be one of the worst worst quarterbacks going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, listen, that's kind of a weird weird label to give someone worst player in the Hall of Fame, but Eli Manning's had a very inconsistent career, and he's been very bad this year, very bad for a couple of years now, and at this point, no one earns the right to finish a season. If you're playing poorly, and a team needs to bench you, then they need to bench you. Simple as that. Another interesting note, this is kind of an intriguing one, because this revolves around the players who have been protesting and kneeling for the anthem. The, uh, The NFL players are at odds over the league's proposal for partnering with players on social justice the league submitted a final draft to to the players a proposal that would contribute nearly 100 million dollars to causes considered uh, important to african-american communities the league is hoping that this will end the controversial yet peaceful protest that was started by colin kaepernick and many others have joined in here's the issue with this Eagle safety Malcolm Jenkins and former wide receiver Anquan Bolden, they are leading the Players Coalition that had a big hand in negotiations with all of this. Other players such as Dolphin safety Michael Thomas and 49er safety Eric Reed, tweeted that they are withdrawing from the coalition because they're unhappy with this agreement. Uh, Dolphins wide receiver Kenny Still said there's still uh, that there's been a lack of communication within the group, as the NFL primarily communicated mostly with Jenkins and Bolden. Essentially, that was 
the NFL's version of con- 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 communicating to the Players Coalition by just talking to those two guys. And look, I'm obviously not a part of this group, nor am I in their conversations or know what's being said. None of us are. I'm going to take a wild guess right now and say that it's difficult to keep communications active and keeping everyone in the know during the season because people have different schedules with practices, games, traveling, and add-on that a lot of these players have families of their own, other personal commitments they've got going on. I think, if anything, they need to slow down and try to find some sort of an agreement, and it might be best and easier to do so during an off-season. Now, $100 million, what is that going to solve? Is that going to end... All this social injustice, all all the police brutality, the negativity and racial slurs towards African Americans, I don't think so. I don't think you put as many money as you want, and I don't think any of that's going to come to an end. And I think that's where some of the players are upset, and I can understand why. I I don't think a large sum of money like that, while it's nice, and I'm I'm all for charities and and donations and all, especially this time of the year for those who are very wealthy and, and have a lot to give. Uh, I just don't know if money is truly a solution to all of this. Again, I'm not saying I'm against charities. Please don't get that twisted. What I'm saying is I don't know if donating to to communities, important to African-American communities, I don't know if all of that is a solution. Like, how is that going to end things? And... Will that make players want to end the, the the protest? That I don't know. That I have a question about. Let's go out of bounds. All right, only one topic I really want to discuss here, and I think it's an intriguing one as Chiefs fans because a former Chiefs coach, as I hinted earlier, of a fairly big hint, uh, a big giveaway. Herm Edwards is going to be, it's expected that he will now be the head coach of Arizona State. Listen, if you told me a former Chiefs coach was going to become a head coach again, I would have said it's it's either Todd Haley or Romeo Cornell. I I would have said 99% Todd Haley, but not the case. Shockingly, it's Herm Edwards who's been away from coaching. Now I know he's, he's coached certain events like the senior bowl and such, not not a whole lot from Herm Edwards, but he's been with ESPN for almost 10 years. He's been there. He was fired after the 2008 season, so uh, he's been with ESPN for nine years now. So why is he back in coaching? Kind of a surprising move, as you might believe, and maybe not as surprising. I, th- I think being in the college ranks might be. I think Herm Edwards could excel in certain categories. Let's not forget, someone mentioned this on the Facebook page, and I and I wholeheartedly agree with this. Herm Edwards was a great evaluator. He was a great... He was really good at looking for talent. He really was. He found a lot of great players to draft. Even guys that didn't pan out. Guys like Turk McBride, Tank Tyler. You remember those guys, Turk and Tank? I thought those were actually great draft picks at the time. I just felt like they were not surrounded by a good coaching staff. That's my thing with with Herm Edwards. I think he's going to do a fantastic job with recruiting. The way he recruited talent, the way he seeked college players and brought them to the NFL, with doing so for the, for the first time with the Chiefs, then doing so with the Jets as the head coach, and then back with the Chiefs, I thought he did a fantastic job doing so in that area. And I know a lot of times the general manager has a, has a, has a big part of that, but even the head coaches have hand, a hand in that too, trying to 
find players. I mean, it's not just one person making all those decisions, all those front office guys. Coaches have to have a hand in it, too, a little bit. They've got to say in these kinds of things. So, Herm Edwards, uh, I, I think he's going to do a great job. Because in, in, in college, when you're the head coach, you're also the general manager. You're the guy that's responsible for recruiting, and you've got to make sure you've got the right coaching staff in place. And I think Herm Edwards is going to do a really great job finding the right high school guys and bringing them to Arizona State. And give us some time. I think coaching may be an issue for a couple of years. But once those recruits get in there, I think once they get some experience at Arizona State, I think then in his third year, that's when you can judge Herm Edwards the most. How, how will his recruiting class do, especially with a couple of years under their belts now, now they're at Arizona State. So I think it's going to be an interesting run. I'm also very intrigued to know who Herm is going to bring in as his assistant head coach. I'm curious to know if he brings in anyone that he worked with in Kansas City. That I'll be intrigued to see. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that once they make it official and once Herm gets to work and starts putting together his coaching staff, which is going to be priority number one while he tries to go out and start his recruiting class as early as he can. Final segment of the show, just one flag to throw. Let's throw it. I can't believe I'm saying this. I I, I don't know. Maybe I, I should not expect much in 2017. We really need to consider our priorities, folks. We really do. But Jersey Shore is returning on MTV. Now, let me just say I've never watched Jersey Shore. I know it's... Look, I don't know if I'm going to offend anyone by saying this, but I just think it, it, it just... You can, you can just tell what this show is about. It's a trashy show. It, it, it really sounds like... Let me say this. Um, I remember uh, working out um, uh, in the basement. I've got this really nice gym set up. And I remember a long time ago, I said, you know what? I'm tired of, and I, I forgot MTV changed. I said, you know what? Forget about the music on my phone. Let me just listen to the music that's on MTV. And I forgot that MTV has totally changed. They're not really music television anymore. So I flipped the channel and Teen Mom is on. And while I'm on the topic with Jersey Shore, I'm just going to bring this up. So this teen mom comes up, which I have heard of, but I don't know what what it's about. And uh, I was blown away with what I was watching. Like, there's there's a teen mom... Who was wanting her own mom to babysit her her granddaughter, the the daughter essentially, just so she could show up her ex boyfriend, the father of this girl here, and her mother was upset when she learned about what her real intentions were, trying to get her to babysit the the granddaughter. I'm I'm I'm, I'm immediately thinking to myself, why are we why are we showcasing these people on TV? Like, are we? Are we trying to say it's okay to have teen pregnancy? I, I don't know. Like, th- th- this really made me question life. This made me question society. This made me question a lot of things. This made me question a lot of things. The fact that we have a TV show that's showcasing teenage pregnancies, essentially. Now, teenage pregnancies have gone down, thank God. But they need to go down to zero. They just need to. Like, that's one of those areas where you need a 0.00%. You, it just it just would make our world a lot smarter and better. It really would. Um, I remember uh, one time, I remember someone had a Facebook post saying, OMG, 
so and so and so and so from Teen Mom are now engaged. Like people celebrate these people on MTV. MTV TV shows now, they're basically shaming people and they're basically letting people know it's okay to live this kind of life. And that's essentially what Jersey Shore is. That's what Teen Mom is. That's what all these stupid shows are. Now, I'll admit, my guilty pleasure, I watched Survivor, which I think is an awesome show. It's a competition reality show. There's a little bit of drama here and there with people not getting along. That's like a normal life thing. I mean, there are people you don't get along with at work or your family, whatever the case may be. I'll admit, my guilty pleasure is Big Brother, which... I say guilty pleasure because I'm embarrassed to say it. The show has gotten terrible. Like, people go on there just to get social media followers now. I keep watching every year hoping the game would be great like it was years ago before social media was a thing. Uh, but I'll admit, my guilty pleasure is Survivor Big Brother. But those are competition reality shows. These kinds of shows, Jersey Shore, Teen Mom, whatever else MTV has. What is the point? Like, what are, what, what do they want to... What message do they want to convey? Like it's okay for teen pregnancies? It's okay for these people to act like losers and party all the time? I, I don't know. Like Snooki and and just the amount of fame she got. Uh, the Kardashians and the fame that they got the, the, where they're at. I, I just don't know, man. It really makes me wonder. It really makes me wonder. Where are we as a society? Where are our priorities? Where do they lie? And why is it that TV shows like Teen Mom... I don't even know if Teen Mom is still on the air or not, or if they do reruns. Uh, but they they get a lot of... They get a lot of glory. They do. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like... We make it... I feel like we tell teenagers one thing, but then pop culture tells them another. They tell them it's okay... To have a teen pregnancy, and it's certainly not. It's definitely not. So, boy, uh, we live in a, we live in a funny society. We really do. We really do. Hey, look! I said this last podcast. I want to change up the penalty flag segment. I want to get you guys involved on this. You guys have heard some of the stories I have shared on the penalty flag segment. They are absolutely horrible. If you guys have a funny story. That should be added to the penalty flag segment. And it's got to be fairly recent. Send it to me. And I will give you credit on the podcast for it. We haven't had any yet. I just started that this week. So I'll give it a little bit of time. But if you guys have a funny story that you can find on the web. And you guys want me to share it and put it on the penalty flag segment. Let me know. And as I said, I'll mention you guys on the podcast during the segment. You guys can send me a message on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Farzian Like my page. Follow me on there. And if you have a funny story... Send it to me on there. Uh, you guys can also tweet me the link at Farzine21 on Twitter. You guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com. That is my email address. Big thanks to you guys, the listeners, for listening into the Chiefs on Podcast. Big thanks to Morgan Gannon for joining us on the podcast as well. Check out his work in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Check out his music. It's available online. Check out his website as well. So go re-listen to that to follow him on social media and like it. Check out his website, his radio show, all of that. He's a cool dude. He deserves it. He's a Chiefs fan, so follow him and his work. Support Morgan again. I'm a big Chiefs fan, so be sure you guys do check out his work. Big thanks once again to you guys for listening to the show. Subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play. Share it on social media. Let your friends know about the Chiefs on podcast. Once again, I'll be on Facebook Live at halftime and after the game 
during the Chiefs and Jets game. So be sure you guys do interact with me on Facebook. Like my page, facebook.com slash Farzian Follow me on Twitter at Farzian21. And again, once again, the email, Farzian at Farzian That'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Hopefully the Chiefs can turn things around. Hopefully they can figure it out. So one game lead in the division, and the Chargers and the Raiders both have easy opponents coming up. They've got the Giants and the Browns. So there's a very good chance we could have a three-way first place in the division, and that is not where the Chiefs want to be. Hopefully they can bounce back this week. I've got my doubts. But hey, I'd love to come on here and be wrong. We'll talk about that after the weekend. It'll be available Monday morning here on the Chiefs Home Podcast. We'll discuss and recap the Chiefs and Jets game. And until then, enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. Talk to you then.